Hey, welcome back to the Coach's Social Podcast. This is episode three. I am Shane Garner, and sitting next to me is Justin Raby. Justin Raby, and we are back in the pool house today for episode three, and we're glad to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting one. Um, uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about, um, you know, there, we, we've talked many times about the different things that. We have tried, we even talked about in episode one about, you know, we wanted to do stuff, we wanted to do things differently, um, but we kind of just grab bagged it and kind of did some stuff. Um, but after a rough year that we had, um, I'll say it, it was a rough year. It was a rough year, wins and losses. It was a rough year with with relationships. Um, we had kids leave our program. We had kids not come back. Um, and so it left us in a, a spot that we hadn't experienced yet. Yeah, just trying to figure out what in the heck happened. And where do we go from here? Yeah. And so we looked at kind of a total rebuild into how we do things. And uh, we were introduced uh, to a book by Nick Hill, actually, at one of our uh, transformational coaches meetings. Yeah, that was it. That was right. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, Nick Hill is the head football coach at Southern Illinois University. Um, a tremendous human being, a tremendous friend. Yeah. And uh, is someone that we... Uh, we take his word uh, very seriously when he recommends something. So he recommended yep. a book to us and a, and a guy by the name of Tim Kite um, and some of the work that he did at this time with Ohio State University. Football the, program. Their football yeah. program. But it was, in my opinion, some of the most applicable stuff that I've ever seen to directly use with kids and sports teams. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> before we uh, – hit the record button we were kind of getting a game plan on where we wanted to take the conversation here and I was telling Shane that in what I do with FCA um, I get the opportunity to go around to a lot of different schools in our area and speak to you know different football teams basketball teams um, lots of different programs and if it's the first time that I'm sharing with a team this is almost every single time the direction that I go because um like Shane said, it is one of the most applicable things, one of the most, I guess, we, applicable concepts yeah. um, in sport and in life because that's what I love so much about this is that it's not a sports thing. Mm. It is a every life situation, every single person concept. And, uh, you know, that's that's why it's such a there's such a draw to this with me at least because I know that, that no matter who you are or what stage of life you're in this, this applies to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's what is so awesome about it because you know, I've, I've used it in coaching. I've used it in teaching. I've used it in just everyday situations, but like I've used it in my marriage. I've used it in my kid, you know, it just applies to everything. It it, it's so universal to use in every situation, which is why, I love using it with, with kids and sports teams because we talk about wanting to, you know, teach them and, and provide them with things that they can take on beyond the court or the field or wherever it is. And I think this is by far the best thing that we've ever came across. Yep, I agree. Uh, so with that said, the concept that we're talking about in this episode and then the the next couple of episodes, uh, we're going to continue in this the same concept, but we'll elaborate on the steps through the process. But the the concept as a whole is is called the E plus R equals O method. Um, and, and Shane, I'll let you kind of jump in to explain what E plus R equals O is. 
So the R factor is what we're talking about. And that is basically how we can respond to different situations or events as they call them. So, so as Justin said, this is set up as an equation E plus R equals O. So E represents all the events that happen in our life. And we're talking anything good, bad, ugly, all the events plus the response, which is where we come in. So how we respond to these events in our lives will help equal the outcome. Um, so we don't necessarily control the events in our lives. Obviously we know that things happen, bad things happen, crazy things happen, good things happen, all kinds of things happen. And we don't directly control the outcomes either. But this is the beauty of this thing. It says, but we always have control over how we choose to respond and how we respond means everything. Yeah. So you can think of it as, um, yeah, just the, the events that happen every single day. No matter whether it's you're at home, um, at work, in your social life, life is a revolving door of events or circumstances, things that happen, um, good, bad, and indifferent. But there is always something happening that requires us to respond in some form or fashion. And that's what uh, what's beautiful about this is it's such, it's such a simple concept in theory. But the application, I mean, it's, it's definitely challenging. But we all have outcomes that we hope for in everything. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we all want good outcomes. But knowing that, one, I can't control the things that happen around me. And two, understanding that I can't completely control the outcomes. But knowing that I can 100% every single time control the way that I respond or the, the way that I react to the things happening around me can heavily influence the outcome. When you get that frame of thought, it allows you to move in a direction towards, I guess, refining or refining your, your response factor. Yeah. One thing, you know, Brian Larza, you know, a guy who, who has coached with us, he's getting ready to jump on the FCA bandwagon and join that amazing team. And, you know, one thing he always preached to our players is, and I think it goes right in line with this, is be tougher than any situation that we're going to face. Be tougher than bad calls. Be tougher than the opponent who's mouthing you. Be tougher than the fans who are screaming. Like, be tougher than any situation that we're going to face. And I think that fits in with these, with the R factors and, and this, this equation is we have control over how we respond, which is going to make us tougher in every situation. Mm-hmm. And so, so this uh, – the whole concept I love, but one of the biggest points that I think we have to develop a good understanding when we're, we're thinking of E plus R equals O and how, how does that apply to me and why is developing a good approach to this so important? This, this one piece I think is so crucial that sometimes gets overlooked a lot uh, in a lot of situations is that, so you've got events that are happening. Things are happening all around you you get to choose how you respond to things. But again, we, we've already established that we don't get to control the events. I do get to, co- to control my response, but the way that I respond immediately in the moment becomes an event for you and for everybody else around me. So if I'm choosing a negative response constantly, I'm setting you up for failure Absolutely. because I'm putting... 
I'm just putting all that negativity out in the air and it's going to rub off on you. And so then it's putting you in a position to more easily choose a negative response towards things because all I'm doing is bringing everybody down around me because of my poor responses. Absolutely. And I think that's why, that's why I'm so big on coaches education and different things like that, because a coach directly affects his players and we can look at him, but if you look at all kinds of teams, they usually, the players usually will put on the same character traits that the coach has. Yeah. Not saying it won't be here or there or whatever, but they usually flow the same way. And just like you said, so this works both ways. If, if we are managing our R and our responses, then we're going to create those behaviors that will create a culture of being tougher than situations, but it actually works the inverse too. If we are not, managing our R and we're letting these situations dictate how we are and our feelings are running the course and we're going all kind, you're going to get the exact opposite culture that this can help produce for us. So, so I think that's extremely important for, you know, coaches to understand this, your team leadership, emphasis, your, your school leadership, your business lead, that how we respond to situations will set that. And we'll, we'll talk about the performance pathway later on uh, in another episode, but those behaviors create that culture. And then that culture then reinforces that behavior to continue on, which builds culture even deeper. Yeah. And looking at it from a scriptural standpoint, um, in the book of James, it says, uh, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. And, and as we get into the, the certain R factors, as we go into the next couple of episodes, I mean, that, that applies directly to uh, a couple of those, but that's exactly what we're talking like. These concepts can be used across the board, whether um, you're in a faith-based setting or not, but it's all scriptural. Yeah. It all comes from the Bible, and there's nothing new under the sun. Again, that's scriptural itself. Um, but that's, that's what it is. Learning to be slower to react, slower to get angry, slower to get frustrated, slower to fly off the handle when things don't go your way, be quicker to listen, be quicker to observe the things that are going on around you and, and to realize what, what is the appropriate way for me to respond right now? What's going to get me to the point where I want to be in a situation that I don't necessarily want to be happening? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's so good to think about because we, we have these conversations sometimes with, with kids about different things. And, you know, if, if you have someone who kind of, I don't know, you, you know, say flies off the handle a little bit and different things like that. Their their production on the court or wherever it is, I always say on the court because, you know, I'm used to basketball, but it usually lowers. And so I have those conversations with those kids like, hey, you know when you act like this, you're not as good. Like you, you're not productive for us. So if you're not being productive for us, then I can't put you in the game because you're not productive. And once they understand that, it then reinforces – that like, hey, I want to stay on the court, so I can't, I can't get down this. I can't get quick to anger and quick to this and quick to that, and because now it's directly influencing whether I'm playing or not, and it's direct. Hopefully, even more, they're understanding that's directly influencing their team. Yeah. Well, negativity breeds negativity. Yeah. Um, and like John Gordon likes to talk about being on the energy bus, or uh, was it rejecting uh, energy vampires? energy vampires yeah. or the people that suck the life out of a team or a organization. Um, I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about because 
uh, okay, I like I like the way that it puts this. Um, you know, when we're looking at the the response factor information, it says that we are not measured by our intentions, but by our actions. I mean, I can intend to do all kinds of stuff, but if I don't do it, especially do it consistently, then I mean, what the heck am I doing? Exactly. You know, and and scripture tells us we're going to be judged by our fruit, and that's exactly what come to my mind when you said that is mm-hmm. it's, it's not by what we say or, or think it's by what we do and what we back up every day. You know, yeah. and, you know, there's a saying, you know, sometimes we need to do a lot less talking and a lot more doing Yeah, and, and back up what we're saying. And yeah, that's a tremendous thing there. You know, not being measured by your intentions because intentions aren't going to get you anything. No, they're not. And they're not going to help anybody. They're not going to solve a problem. You know, and talk about, you know, indulging in self-destructive behavior, like having good thought and all that, it's not going to solve problems. Like continuing in these, these cycles, you're, you're not going to solve a problem. You're not going to, you know, get the result that you want because you're just continuing in these cycles. And so, you know, people continue to ignore that their entire lives and wonder, Hey, why have I not done this? Or why have I done it? Why does this keep happening to me? Well, it's because you're sulking in your own sorrow and, and not, not managing what you can manage. Yeah. You're just putting on the events and saying, "Oh, poor me." And, and you're doing doing things the same way all the same all the time. And well, I mean, that's the what we say the definition of insanity is: yeah. doing the same thing over and over, yeah. expecting a different result. So at some point, you have to realize if I want a different outcome, I may have to do things a little bit differently. It may have to look a lot different than what I typically have done things. And um, you know, whether that comes with criticism or not. I want to get somewhere. I want an outcome and I'm not getting there doing things the way that I am. And I think uh, again, the, the word consistency yeah. is probably one of the most important things when we're talking about this, because I can do something a couple of times and then go back to my old ways, but it's the consistency that breeds the, the desired outcomes. Yeah. And, and I think we talked about this on, Episode two, you know, our choices turn into habits. Habits then turn into behaviors. And then those behaviors then drive culture and results. And so it, it's the same with anything is we have to be consistent if that's what we want. We can't just dip our toe in it one time and, oh, I tried it. No, we've got to be consistent and follow through with it and, and not just have the intention, but have the action to back yeah. it up. And it's easy to fall off the bandwagon if things don't change immediately the way that you want them to, um, you know, but change is hard and it takes time. Uh, but if you're clear on, you know, going back to episode two on why you were doing yep. the things that you're doing and why you're pursuing what you're going after, then it's going to take the, the long haul, uh, discipline and effort and, you know, facing adversity and, and barreling through it instead of cowering back in the corner and going back to, you know, the things that you used to do. Yeah. And we talked about that. We, we don't want to be, you know, flash in the pans. We don't just want to be the highlights. You know, we want to be consistent. We want to be long-term success. And so I think this goes along with it is the more, the more you dive into it, the more you do it, the more comfortable it's going to become. And so um, I think that's important when managing, you know, the R factor. So, so the next step in this is we're not just going to give you an equation. 
and say, oh, hey, here, here you go. There, there are actually yeah, six. There are six, actually six response factors um, that we are going to cover in the next couple episodes um, that back up this R, and it kind of gives you a, would you say, a step by step kind of way of doing it, but it yeah. kind of puts you in a situation to where you can kind of control yourself if you do get your damper up and, and are, are kind of getting a little, little yeah. wild. It's a, a process. Yeah. The process that you go through. Um, this yeah, step by step instructions if you want to call it that um and that's what we'll go through in the next uh next couple of episodes I know you, you mentioned there's six r factors uh and we're going to break those down two by two and we'll work our way through those in the next few episodes um we'll mention again before we wrap this up um that these concepts are not ours we didn't come <laughs> yeah. up with this stuff yeah um, people are way way smarter than us are coming yeah, up with this stuff. yeah like we said uh it all came from scripture. Yeah. That's where it all started. Um, but but specifically the terminology and verbiage and stuff that we're using, talking about the R factors that came from Tim Kite, right? Tim Kite. I always say his. I always. I think yeah. I always say Mark Twite. Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> you intertwine Tim Kite and Mark Twain <laughs> and and say them together. So. I was a big Huck Finn yeah. fan. Yeah. Who is it? Anyways, with that said, um, to wrap up. We have a fee for listening to the show, and uh, the fee is simple. It, it is if uh, if you've listened to this, if you've listened to other episodes, and you have found any kind of value in what we've talked about, anything that has encouraged you, anything that has maybe inspired you or made you think a little bit, uh, we just simply ask that uh, you pay the fee in sharing the show with someone that uh, that you know, share it on your social media. Um, whatever platform that you are listening to us on, maybe go and give us a, a five-star rating. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a five-star hit subscribe. Give us a like, give us a share. We'd appreciate it. And uh, like Justin said, we just, we're here to help. We're here to fill the gaps. We're here to help. And so we can help more people if you help share it. Yep. And uh, with that said, next episode will be our factors one and two. We'll see you then. All right. See ya.